May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These are a particularly rich set of lectionary readings this weekend, and I'm not going to preach to them. Uh, Another Sunday, perhaps, but not this Sunday. What I want to do is to talk about some aspects of Rob's sermon from last week, about healing and wholeness, and I want to talk about it personally. As some of you know, I was in hospital last weekend. I want to talk about what that means to me and what I think it also means to all of us. To do that, however, I need to go back a very long time. Forty years ago, when I was 21, I almost died. I had blood clots in my legs, both legs, all the way down from the knees. I had blood clots in my lungs. Uh, I was not particularly well diagnosed. And I got to hospital, and I was there for a while. I was 21, so I didn't quite know what was happening to me. This was before the advent of uh, genetics, real genetics, and the understanding of inherited blood diseases, which it turned out I had not just one, but two, thank you, mummy, and her father. Um, And I didn't know how ill I was. And it was only afterwards when somebody, a friend of mine, told me about a conversation she'd had with her father, who was a local doctor. And he'd come to see me in the hospital, we'd had a nice chat, He'd gone home and she'd said, how's he doing? What can we do? And he said, praying would be a really good idea. Now, this is not to make me into a hero or anything else like that. What it is to say is that that changes your outlook slightly. And so I want to talk about healing and wholeness in three parts, three stories, if you will. The first is not dissimilar to the story that Rob told you last week, last Sunday. There was a Victorian poet called W.E. Henley, William Ernest Henley. And in his teens, when he was 13 or 14, he developed tuberculosis of the bone, a very serious disease. Tuberculosis doesn't just happen in the lungs. And he had to have his leg amputated. He got through that. But then in his early 20s, he developed tuberculosis in the other leg. And he was told that he should have that leg amputated as well. And he said, no, I am not going to do that. And he worked through an incredibly serious, incredible, painful series of surgeries, and he saved the leg. And when he was doing that, he wrote in hospital poetry. And he wrote one poem which has now become very famous. It's called Invictus. And he talks about looking fate in the eye and pushing back. And in relation to the TB, he says, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. And then there's a very famous last verse. One word I need to explain, straight, S-T-R, S-T-R-A-I-T in this case, means narrow, it's a good biblical word, a narrow gate. He says, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate, 
I am the captain of my soul. For those of you who've seen the movie Invictus about Nelson Mandela and the 2010 Rugby World Cup, this was the poem on Robin Island that kept Mandela going for 30 years. Sentenced by the apartheid regime, sent to Robin Island to be broken, he looked fate back in the eye. And what both Henley and Mandela say to us is that we do not have to accept the circumstances we are given. We may be dealt a bad hand, but we have different ways to play it. We are not chess pieces being moved implacably around on the board by fate. We have agency. We are not completely victims. And it's that idea which has sort of kept me going for the past 40 years. There have been plenty of other issues. Michelle is sitting at the back. She can tell you afterwards if you want to hear about them. There have been plenty of other issues which have flowed from this. Spectacular bleeds sometimes, that comes with anticoagulation. The atrial fibrillation, which was what had me in the hospital last weekend, various other things. And yet, we can still, I can still live a life by saying, okay, that's the hand I've been dealt, I'm going to deal with it. And it is a really powerful idea. But it is not everything. It is about management. I'm very active managing my health. It is about leaning into it. It's about all of those things. But it is also about what we do with doctors, to be sure. And there is more to healing than that. Because there are often times when we cannot do it all ourselves. And to admit that, and to ask for healing under those circumstances, makes it different and enriches that experience. So the second part of this story, and I'm going to try and lighten this up just a little bit by telling a very old preacher's joke. So, there's a guy who lives by the side of a very large river on a floodplain. The weather forecast is getting worse and worse and worse. And so he's a man of faith. He prays to God. And he says, Lord, he says, if you will spare me from this flood, I will devote the rest of my life to you. And God comes straight back. He says, deal. Done. So the rains come. The river begins to rise. The police show up. And they say, you really need to evacuate. This is going to be really serious. And the guy says, God's going to save me. I go, okay. Anyway, so the river continues to rise. And now it's up to the first floor of the house. He's up on the second floor, leaning out the window. You know, the river guys come along in the inflatable, and they say, we really seriously need to evacuate you at this point. This is actually going to get much, much worse than this. And he goes, nope. He goes, God's going to save me. Well, the river continues to rise. He goes up on the roof. The helicopter comes along, and they go, this is the last chance, okay? You need to get out. And he goes, God is going to save me. The river continues to rise. He drowns. So he arrives at the pearly gates. St. Peter sort of looks at him quizzically and says, 
What are you doing here? And the guy says, well, God was going to save me, and he didn't. So Peter says, give me a second. Goes to speak to the big guy, comes back. He goes, so let me get this straight. You didn't see the police officers. You didn't see the boat. You didn't see the helicopter. The point of this is that actually healing, saving, recovery come in different ways. They come through human agency. But they also come through admitting that we can't do it all ourselves, that we need to rely on other people. When I was at my last church in London, we started a healing service. And it was, it was amazing. It was remarkable. We invited people to come up to be prayed with, not for, but with, and to look into somebody's eyes as they asked God to share that burden with them was, what was it? It was a privilege, a joy, humbling, all of those things. And these people were dealing with things that, you know, for all Invictus is great at inspiring us to spit in the eye of fate, that they couldn't deal with on their own, whether those were physical health issues, mental health issues, family issues. And what God is able to offer under those circumstances, what Jesus is able to offer under those circumstances, is healing. Healing not in the sense of restoration, healing not in the sense of everything being made brand new again, but healing in the sense of a life which can be richly lived, a life which can be enjoyed, a life which is, in the end, a thing of God's beauty. And that's what we could help to do there, but it requires a person to ask for that, to admit that they can't do everything themselves. When people come to Jesus and ask for healing, they say, Master, Rabbi, Lord, make me whole, heal me. And he in return invariably says, Go, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. So the third part of this story brings us pretty much up to the present, which is last Sunday. Now, as you all have gathered from the first part of this sermon, I'm not a huge fan of pity parties, um, and therefore I told precisely Rob and Sarah that I was going into hospital and nobody else. I'd assumed, slightly naively, that I would be out by last Sunday, that I'd be here, nobody would know, we'd be done, all good. Uh, that turned out not to be the case. And so Rob asked and wrote me, would I like a home visit, a hospital visit? And I thought, yes, I would. And so the wonderful Joanne Hutton, and thank you, Pal, for sitting outside in the car for an hour because they wouldn't let Pal into the hospital. Um, Joanne Hutton came, and in a very ordinary pedestrian hospital room on a hospital bed, Joanne carefully laid out the bread and the wine. And we read the prayers together. I had a terrible fit of hiccups. 
We read the prayers together. Joanne prayed for healing, and then I took the sacrament. And what was the feeling that I experienced? Support, relief, healing. All of those things. And I will not step away from the idea of Invictus. I'm not going to step away from the idea that we can fight back and should fight back and try to get better and to be well and to do what we can do. But I understand better and better that I can't do it alone. That we can't do it alone. That we need to ask. I'm the age I am, I have at this point the body that I have. And yet, there is much which can still be done. So to tie all of this together, I want to just introduce one more idea, which one of you, may actually be here, um, introduced in one of the short pathways through Lent, maybe two or three years ago now. And it's a Japanese idea, it's a Japanese method of repair, it's a Japanese form of art, and being Japanese, it's also a form of philosophy. And it's called kintsugi. And the idea of kintsugi is that you, when you have something which is beautiful but broken, a vase, for example, instead of doing what in the West we would call a museum-level repair, so that you can't tell that it's never been broken, instead they mend it very visibly. Lacquer gets mixed up with gold dust, with ground gold, or some other precious metal. And the vase is put back together with these gold seams in it. And it is not the vase that it was before. It's not unbroken. It's not brand new. Nobody's waved a magic wand over it. And yet, it is this thing of amazing beauty. It is this thing which is itself new. It is this thing which is whole, not healed in the sense of totally restored, but whole. And that is a thing of beauty. And that is what I hope for for myself, for what I pray for all of us, for you that we can deal with that brokenness which is inside all of us, certainly inside of me, and yet with God's help, acknowledging the help that we need, the weakness that we have, we can create something which is new and beautiful and beloved by God. Amen. Amen.